Hi, and welcome to Life Beat. I am your host, Anna Messer. Today, we are having another Faith and Life feature, and joining me, I have J.D. Landis. Thank you, J.D., for joining me today. Thank you, Anna, for the invitation. J.D. is retired from Schwartz Creek United Methodist Church. He is no stranger to the pro-life movement as he has served on several different boards, including Right to Life of Michigan in the 80s. He also has spoke at different churches, to the youth and at dinners, and has also founded a pregnancy help center. I am honored to be able to interview you today and to hear about all about your inspiring experiences in the pro-life movement. Um, so just to get into the questions, you have done so much to help women choose better than abortion. And I would like to know, why are you pro-life and when did you become pro-life? Well, it goes back to college, uh, Anna, in the 70s. Uh, I was on the campus when... Uh, there was a lot of stuff going on, um, a lot of changes. Um, there was, as some have said, you know, drug, sex, and alcohol, and it was really uh, crazy what was going on. And I remember uh, hearing that young women on the campus, uh, maybe friends, acquaintances, were having abortions, and something inside of me uh, just reacted to that. And I thought, boy, it doesn't seem right. We're we're, you know, doing these things and we're wanting to be liberated, but it doesn't seem like the child should suffer. And, and just as a 18, 19 year old, it dawned on me that this just wasn't God's intention. This wasn't the right thing. And so when I was a freshman on campus, I wrote a paper on the subject uh, for a journalism class. And I was shocked when the uh, professor uh, handed my paper back, said it was unacceptable. And she said the paper was trite. Now, the word trite means overused, not important, not original, etc. And I was really upset because I thought I did a good job. And I thought it was anything but trite. And it became uh, one of the biggest issues in America. And that was in the, uh, in the 70s. And so my passion for being a pro-life grew from that point. When I went to seminary, uh, I attended a few meetings with people who were pro-life, and I heard about ministries that were going on. I think it was at that time that I heard about the movie Matter of Choice. Well, after I graduated from seminary, I went to Michigan. I was called to Michigan to serve as United Methodist pastor, and my first parish uh, as a pastor was serving three churches in the thumb, and during that time, I, I read articles about uh, what was going on in America, and people were struggling with what was right and what was moral. Uh, and somehow I found out that uh, there was a group in Michigan called Michigan Right to Life. And I think I just showed up at one of the meetings, and uh, folks welcomed me. And after that, they invited me to serve on the board, and I became acquainted with Barb Listing and Jane Muldoon and, and many other people at that time. Uh, so that's why I became pro-life, and that was my first initiation into a pro-life group. Well, we're very happy that you stayed with us. Um, how did you incorporate being pro-life into your work as a pastor? Well, 
in my first parish in, in 1980, um, again, in the Thumb, I served Peck, Buell, and Melvin. And I began to talk to uh, some of the people in our congregation. I began to speak about the issue. Uh, some people were affirming, but other people were not as much. Uh, the United Methodist Church has a statement in its discipline that says we approve abortion only when there's a tragic conflict of life with life. And I felt that was a good statement because tragic conflict uh, connotes for me life and death, uh, you know, maybe health of the mother, maybe, you know, some severe rape situations, but not just abortion carte blanche. Unfortunately, um, in the United Methodist Church, the position has been pretty much pro-choice. So I, it was an uphill battle. Uh, one of the things I began to do when I served that parish is I got the movie, It's a Matter of Choice, and I began to go to churches uh, in the area, not just Methodists, but other churches, speaking about uh, the pro-life issue, because most people were very uninformed, and they didn't know what, what was going on um, in, in our country and around the world with abortion. So I would show the movie, I would make a presentation, and then I would open it up for questions and answers. And I, I did that in a number of churches. I, I did it in a college in Port Huron where I, I, I met a lot of resistance. Um, but one day I went to a school in the Thumb, and uh, somebody knew about what I was doing, and they asked me to come. And I started out uh, speaking to a class. I really prayed that day that God would guide me. And I began with the movie and discussion at about eight o'clock. And there were a number of teachers and even the principal, I think, was so moved that I ended up showing that movie throughout the whole day in classes and speaking to hundreds of students. And, and they were very receptive to hear the message of life. And I, I was just deeply moved. Um, I also started, helped start a group in Peck where I lived uh, called uh, uh, Sanilac uh, Pregnancy Counseling Center. Um, another thing that I did in that time in the 80s was I noticed that our church uh, statewide conference had discussion about abortion and they had resolutions that were being promoted, and the resolutions were most often uh, pro-choice. So I began to pull together resolutions to call our church uh, to more of a pro-life position. And again, it was an uphill battle. Uh, there were United Methodists that were kind of middle of the road, uh, but there were many that were pro-choice, but there, there was a good number that was pro-life. But at least it got the discussion going in our denomination here in uh, Michigan. Uh, so those were some of the things that I did uh, in the early years, and I can talk more about recently, but any other questions that you have, Anna? Yeah, can you kind of talk a little bit more about the resolutions that you passed in your church and kind of what that looked like? Yes, we have this process in our conference. Uh, we, we have a statewide conference. We are now uh, just one conference of United Methodists called the uh, Michigan area. At one point, we were two conferences, West Michigan and Detroit Conference. Uh, 
but we would have a yearly gathering of maybe four days and we would have reports about things that were happening in the church, uh, mission activities and uh, things that local congregations were doing. And then people would send in 10, 20, 30 resolutions, uh, things that they were calling our church to, uh, to make a difference uh, in the world. And uh, so I began writing resolutions that uh, stated that God had created life, uh, God sought to sustain life, and the scriptures in Jeremiah and other passages talked about how sacred life was that the Lord created us in the womb. We were fearfully and wonderfully made, as Psalm 139 says. And also, of course, Christ was uh, conceived as a child in Mary uh, through the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, stating that the Bible taught about the sanctity of life. And then I talked about in the resolutions how uh, abortions were were happening for birth control and other reasons, and uh, and we had lost our, our 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 footing, I think, on the issue. And so I would present these resolutions, and then we would have discussions, and people would uh, stand in the conference, and some would speak in favor of the resolution, some would uh, speak against the resolution. Um, I, unfortunately, I don't think too many of my resolutions were approved. However, um, this led one individual in our conference of United Methodist lay, lay leaders and representatives and pastors to approach me and say, let's sit down and let's talk about, uh, this issue. Now he was very much pro-choice women's rights. And, uh, I, you know, shared with him that I felt very strongly about women's rights too, but I, I felt that a right was not to take the life of another human being. So anyways, we came up with about 10 things. Uh, you're stretching my memory here, Anna, but we came up with about five to 10 things uh, that we could agree upon. And uh, one of them was, I think, you know, that sexual activity should should uh, not be something that uh, persons do outside of marriage. We also said that um, an abortion was the least desirable uh, solution. And I felt uh, that that was real headway. And so together we wrote a resolution so that both his convictions and my convictions could be uh, valued. And uh, amazingly, uh, the conference passed that resolution. So at least we uh, started to have a semblance of, of some um, commonality on, on the abortion issue. I think after that, I began to write more resolutions and I began to do more ministry around uh, pregnancy resource centers and uh, encouraging that in, in the life of our church. And uh, today we, we, we do have a number of uh, pregnancy resource centers that our churches support. And I can talk more about that whenever you'd like me to. 
is uh, the Pregnancy Resource Center something that you are doing right now? Yes, uh, let me give you um, a bit of history there. Um, I've served seven different locations um, around southeastern Michigan, including Detroit and Romulus and Swartz Creek and Midland. Uh, well, one of them was actually in Ohio. Uh, but when I was in Romulus, I found a, a ministry called the Family Life Center. Um, and there was a, a, a doctor that was one of the leaders, Dr. Charlie Leland. And there was a group of people that were part of a Catholic renewal um, movement. And one of them was Ann Spangler. And Ann went on to become a noted author. But they invited me to be on the board of the Pregnancy uh, Resource Center. So I did... Uh, volunteer work there in Romulus uh, when I was at Romulus in, in the center that was in Ann Arbor. And uh, we were really making a difference in, in people's lives and women would come for support and, and counsel. And of course, uh, we were offering them uh, the option of adoption. And uh, we had, of course, a, a gynecologist who was on our board who met with the women and he was just a wonderful caring man. And so lots of good things happened there at the, at the family life center. But I do remember on one occasion, you know, the pro-life movement has been so criticized for its protests at abortion centers, but it works the other way. And I remember someone heard in the Ann Arbor community about this center and, uh, group of 20 or 30 people came to protest the Family Life Center. Of course, we went out, tried to dialogue with the people. I think we even took coffee and donuts out to them to try to diffuse the, the situation. Uh, but they were rather um, unkind and uh, e even hateful and, and chanting and all these kinds of things. But we were able to, to settle things down but it made me realize that, you know, uh, anything you could do in the pro-life movement could be protested. It could be uh, challenged. From there, in Romulus, I moved to Detroit, and I didn't have as much of a connection there. But then I came to Swartz Creek, where I am now as a retired pastor, and we got involved with a... Um, pro-life um, pregnancy counseling center in, in Flint. And we had speakers in the church and we continued to support that ministry. Uh, following my ministry in Swords Creek, I was appointed to a church in Midland. And there again, one of the doctors of the church, uh, Dr. Marguerite Kuhn was um, on the board of a pregnancy resource center and um, the Resource Center had uh, a, a great outreach ministry to families. And, and more and more, I noticed, Anna, that in the last 20 years, the focus has been on loving mothers, loving fathers, and, and loving children, and affirming the family, and, and giving every bit of support they possibly could, you know, providing diapers, providing counsel, providing finances, even 
uh, helping persons uh, find a job. So it's just a really great, compassionate ministry. And the, the Pregnancy Resource Center in Midland had some great fundraising events and had nationally known speakers come. And, and that was really exciting. And I'm still connected with them. And recently, the Pregnancy Resource Center in Midland, they're uh, now called uh, Life Clinic is, is the new name. And they have a center in, in Saginaw. They have a center in Bay City. And um, I have done some volunteer work in the Bay City Center. And uh, I just think, as you well know, and many people in the pro-life movement know that the pregnancy counseling centers, the support, it really makes a difference because, you know, if, if a woman is going in to have an abortion and, and if she feels that she's uh, being attacked, um, she's going to shy away from, from hearing what we have to say. Uh, so I think prayer, uh, I think supporting these centers, and I think education in the local church is, uh, is so very important. Yeah, I mean, you can see it now today. People are starting to realize how important pregnancy resource centers are. And we can see that in Texas where, you know, you can have an abortion after six weeks now. So women turn to these pregnancy resource centers and they've been flooded with all of these families and women looking for help. And it's just so amazing. And I'm I'm super blessed to be in Michigan where we have over 150 centers that are just ready and willing to help wow. all these women. That's great. It's amazing. That's making a huge difference, I know. It really is. And it sounds like you've had all this experience and all of this knowledge over the past couple of years. And what advice would you give to maybe a new pastor or a pastor in general or a church member who wants their parish to be involved in the pro-life movement, wants to do more, wants to get involved, but doesn't know where to start or might be afraid of the reaction in their church? Yeah, and that's a very good question, and that's very um, critical in the United Methodist Church. I know in the Catholic Church, um, the vast majority of parishes are pro-life. Uh, the position for the Catholic Church is pro-life. I know in some Lutheran churches, that's a, a strong position. Uh, I know that in a lot of uh, independent churches today that are uh, very biblically focused, uh, I think there, there's a common agreement, but not so in the United Methodist Church and some other mainline denominations, maybe Presbyterian Church, etc. So it is a real challenge to seek to reach out to your congregation and to educate them. Um, you may have a congregation, say, of uh, 250 people. And you may have maybe 50 people that lean pro-life, maybe 150 people that are, are or maybe 100 people that are kind of in the middle, and then 100 people that are very strongly pro-choice. 
And in such an environment, it's often very difficult to introduce uh, the message. Uh, I would, what I would advise pastors if they were in a divided denominational system is to start with getting a group together of people who shared a pro-life conviction to uh, begin to pray and to begin to ask God, what could they do? I think uh, the next step would be to invite a speaker in from a, a pregnancy resource center who's very compassionate, who focuses on caring for the needs of women and, and really making a difference with uh, broken families and relationships. And I think that would do a great deal to inform a congregation about uh, something that they could do. Uh, the other thing I think I would encourage is that some in the congregation would attend training events uh, that I know Michigan Right to Life provides. Uh, hearing other speakers, uh, maybe the, the pastor could raise some funds and uh, pay the way for eight to 10 people to go to a banquet and hear someone one talk about the issue. I think another thing that could be done is that a pastor could start a class that talks about human sexuality. And as you well know, Anna, a big issue today is LGBTQ plus. And in the United Methodist Church, that's primarily what's being talked about. And unfortunately, they're not talking very much about the pro-life issue. But if you could start a class, if a pastor could begin a class that would talk about human sexuality issues and include, um, you know, fidelity in marriage and, and, and teens uh, not being sexually active and, and all kinds of things and, and talking about the different issues, different kinds of human sexuality, but then talk about abortion and talk about uh, the solutions and, and better solutions. And I think that could be a discussion group that could go um, and make some headway in the, in the life of a church. And then I would say that the pastor ought to uh, involve themselves with other uh, pro-life pastors. Uh, sadly, in the United Methodist Church, uh, some pastors who are pro-life, they don't want to talk about the issue because of uh, the fear that it will um, get division going and keep people who share a common vision for ministry but differ on the pro-life issue, and it would bring uh, a, a divided church. But those are some of the things that I would in, encourage uh, a pastor to do to help bring about education and change in their church. And of course, I think uh, speaking about it, uh, mentioning it in, in messages, maybe showing uh, some videos, I think that would be uh, very powerful also. And going off of all that really great advice, I would also say that Right to Life of Michigan has so many affiliates across the state and probably each city in the state. And um, it is really easy for churches to get connected with those affiliates and be able to put on events and have education materials for them. And so yes. I would really recommend that as well as everything that you said. That's really great advice. Yes. 
So just a couple more questions. Um, if you could describe your experience over the past two decades in the pro-life movement into maybe like one word or a phrase, what would it be? What my experience would be over the last two decades. Can I bring that right down to today? Of course. Okay. I've been encouraged by some of the headway that I've seen in states like Texas and Mississippi. And I've been encouraged by the events um, of the pregnancy counseling centers, bringing it down to a simple uh, phrase or a sentence or two over the last few decades. I would say that we need to pray fervently. We need to show love and compassion for all people in all circumstances. And we need to ask that God would continue to work. And God is working in ways that we often do not see. And so we should not give up. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you so much for all of your hard work that you have done and keep doing. It is so appreciated. And thank you for just keep fighting for the unborn, for babies, and for joining Rights Life of Michigan. We're very grateful that you could be with, here with us today and talk with us on LifeBeat. And I think that's all the time we have for questions today. All right. Thank you, Anna, so very much. And uh, I'll just conclude with the fact that in retirement, God has moved in my heart to do more in the pro-life movement. And God has also moved my heart uh, to want to share the gospel with more people. So those are the two things I want to try to accomplish in retirement. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a great day. God bless you. You also, Anna, thank you for this opportunity. Of course.